half patrol. Preble gets busy now on the outside of Outback Action and they're stride for stride with Star Patrol getting about a neck in front of Outback Action who won't go away. Star Patrol with Outback Action three quarters a length away. Star Patrol is forging on Trey Forty Lane but Star Patrol too good up the street. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day and thanks for checking out our year-round carnival podcast. That's possibly the most tenuous song we've ever done, and it's my fault. But don't blame Paul Carter, it's all me. Um, La Bamba, Spain, Spanish, Zach Spain won. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, we heard the uh, the good one there, audio courtesy of Racing.com, uh, Brett Davis, but also the emerging star, Star Patrol, Vince Accardi from Daily Sectionals. Good morning, mate. Good morning, Ralphie. What a sensational morning it is, too. Let's burst out of the blocks. Why not? We'll start yes. with South Australia. We'll concentrate there. That's where the Group One day was, mate. How did Morphville play? Morphville. Wow, it's it's a pretty good track, and weather's pretty good. That they can hand a little bit back to Sydney, couldn't they? And <laughs> Queensland, could they do that? Somewhere halfway between. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. No, realistically, when we look at the the structure of, firstly, how the track played, that's probably, like you said, Ralphie, one of the really important things. It was a genuine G3, possibly, well, yeah, 100% G3, to the 800 plus 1.37, to the 600 plus 1.56. A little bit between the 600 and the 400 was just above benchmark, and then, as usual, that last 200 metres, almost two lengths above. So I marked the track, genuine rock-solid G3. Probably a lot of that had to do with, A, the barrier placement, is a fairly important role on where they position it. And then when you look through the lanes, that sort of gives you that further insight. They were, by and large, with the exception of the last race, uh, maybe even the second last race, Lombardo, was just borderline in those lanes. They were operating on the fastest part of the track. Well, in our Sizzlers, we do pride ourselves on the hard work we put into Sizzlers. 23rd of April, Lombardo, 1.7 lengths above benchmark rank. Second on the day, just missed here after a flat run at sale, but matches very strong. 1.8 lengths, best of the day in South Australia, previous start, minus 1.3 at the 800, 0.6 in the mid-race, 4.1 last 400. Last prep peaked, fifth run in for the prep with 3.8 lengths above benchmark at Mooney Valley, so he's got scope for good improvement. If he leaps to that figure, he'll be very competitive in the Goodwood. 3.8 lengths above benchmark was his previous PB. Your race speed profiles, Vince, on Saturday morning once you had a chance to break apart the race. You had him hard in the race, and he's got the money at $18. Yeah, and it was a fantastic performance, actually, because one of the, the hardest thing, and probably all credit to the to the rider here, there was this possibility that Lombardo may find itself overreaching through that first section because coming from the wide gate, you're going to create a lot of energy. But there was really no tacklers in the end, like not wanting to sort of match it. And they were 
happy to leave it and the horse was able to relax and run 2.2 first section and when you look at this horse's profile that's like bang on inside this horse's wheelhouse and what i mean by that even though the horse has gone plus five or above ivr benchmark to you know that first 400 in, in in one race and another race was almost four and then realistically if you can be in the mid twos with this horse this horse is relaxing and breathing and that's what happened. So the rider was able to get that, Ralphie. And then in the mid-race, probably affected a lot of horses, but not if you're near the lead pack. Plus 4.1, he extended the speed by an additional two lengths. And yes, there was a softening, but have a look at the softening. It was beautifully ridden, that last 400 metres. Got everything out of the horse. And I always go back, I look at the last 1,000 metres, top eight for the day. Brilliant display of sustained speed. That was a top effort, Ralphie. And really, this is sectional times 101 here, Vince. If you're going fast, but not not overreaching, but just fast, 2.2 lengths above benchmark, that's fast, but then manage to increase your speed again, gee, that's putting the back markers, giving them a challenge. Yeah, because then they've all got to overreach between the 8 and the 400, and they're going to get exposed. And when that exposure comes, it's it's very, very uh, difficult to be able to make up that ground needed because you get to the last 400 metres, even though you're on the best part of the ground, you're in a situation where you've just got no energy left, Ralphie. And how Vawson picks his way through, runs second, that's pretty much him because, you know, 2.1 lengths above benchmark, he's pretty much a plus two type horse when he's right. Yeah, and this was a race that if you could run twos, mid twos, you were going to be a genuine chance of figuring in the finish. And like the astrologist, Hal Vawson, beautiful rides and they, they came out and ran to their best. No doubt. And this is what, what I wanted to ask you, though. This still means that there were a couple who didn't turn up. And I think we've got to start with uh, with Behemoth, but also add the Inferno. Well, here's the thing. The interesting thing about Behemoth, when we're sort of peeling through the, the intel of this horse, whilst they did have some really strong performances, there was going to be this challenge about that he had to have a perfect ride in order for this horse to be able to win this race or get on the podium. And when we look at Crowther as a rider, I, I still feel this rider's evolving. And when you get into these big races and you don't have many exposures, you've seen Crowther's ride the previous start made some, you know, big errors. And what I mean by big errors, they're called procrastination errors. And when you're in these sort of top-level races, you cannot afford to be thinking about at critical points, where do I need to switch inside, outside? What do I need to do? You need momentum flow. You've already, you should have already made up your mind probably five or 600 metres earlier, all things being equal, about how you're going to play that chessboard in terms of where you're going to position yourself for run lines. And even on the weekend with Behemoth, I felt she did everything right until she got inside that 300 metre mark. It was just that the horse... She waited for the split, got the break, and then around the 150 mark, you could see she, I don't know if she actually, she must have actually touched that horse's rump side in front of it, and that horse dropped momentum. Now, at 150 metre mark to lose that little bit of momentum, you got no chance of getting into the place. But the other factor was when I was doing the form is, this horse is a better, a better horse at 1,400. The only reason why it stayed in this race is because you only needed somewhere around two and a half to win, and that was potentially capable for this horse at 1,200. 
So, and when you say stay in the race, you meant in, in your thoughts, but as far as it being targeted at the race, it's there as a group one. Yep. But if its ideal setup was a group one at 1400, there just wasn't a race there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then what happens is at 1400 metres, you have just a little bit more tolerance. I'm not saying that the, the, the setup of the race was ideal for the horse because very strong, sustained speed. Unfortunately, I feel that Crowth is once, like I said, still evolving as a rider. She's very, very good. She's like right up there in the South Australian rankings in terms of how she's been performing this season. But at this level, Group 1, they get very nervous, Rolfie, pretty easy to make mistakes. A a horse like Frankie Pino, I'm I'm interested in your thoughts here because uh, really outside of the winner, which, you know, hat tip and and all honours to the winner, but, gee, this is a big mid-race move and a sustained performance home, best last 1,000 metres of the day. Where's his real level? Because he's still pretty lightly raced. Yeah, well, this is an interesting runner, Rolfie. I did a video blog with David Vitali from, you know, the Rappo platform. Yep. And we, we actually went through the, the big race of Warrnambool, and this was obviously prior, prior to that event happening. And this was one of the horses that I signalled out that day purely on talent because I knew this horse is capable of running plus two. Might not have been 100% ready first up, but just how we used the profile on the, on the platform, it couldn't be dismissed as a possibility because of class. And that's what you're touching on, Ralphie, that... We don't know. I haven't got a ceiling on this horse, right? All I know is I'm excited at this horse at 14, 1,600 metres. The way it stormed home, it was at the back the whole... It, it's a part of the race. You actually couldn't see the horse in the field, Ralphie. <laughs> That's how fantastic the performance was. Yes, it hugged the inside and finished off very, very strongly. The reality is I wonder what they're going to be doing with the horse, and hopefully we're going to see this horse step out. But it's definitely ready to win when it steps out at fourteen hundred. You'd have to think they'll they'll target a group two or something in in Queensland at fourteen hundred, or maybe maybe they might even have a throw at the stumps in the Stradbroke. So that uh, wow. be interesting. <laughs> well, you you definitely well good way to test it if you can find that extra two. <laughs> no doubt. And, and just to round off, we should get back to the winner because it's a, a broader story. This stable price, Kent. Well, I'm just watching from afar, but think well, you've got. You've got an old master and you've got a young, hungry horseman. And it's a beautiful combination at the moment. They're just in the zone. They are, Ralphie. But did you read anything about Extreme Warrior? I, no, I didn't. No, that's, that's okay. actually a good point. So it wasn't there. At, um, oh, no, sorry, I did read. What I read was it looks like it's going to stud. So um, just didn't put in. Okay, so here's the interesting thing. I was having a discussion with someone on Friday night before the race. And I said, if there's speed in this race... Extreme Warriors, if we're looking at it from a setup point of view, it's going to be one run short. Yeah. Because it's not going to be out of hand, particularly if you've got a, a high pressure in the mid race. It can expose horses, and this and, and that was the challenge. Well, you've written this here in your race speed profiles. Today's race tempo will be critical as he's vulnerable to high pressure. That's it. Yeah. And this is um, what's happened. That, fir- that first section got away with, but in the mid, couldn't handle it, and the horse fell out. But I was thinking a little bit too much of a margin loss, though. Last 400 metres was way too bad. And I, when I see that, I just feel, did something go wrong with the horse at the end of the race? Or is he thinking of other things? And I think <laughs> it's the two things between his legs. So, <laughs> Fair enough, Ralphie. That's what's going to happen there, I think. Um, let's go have a look at the lease takes. Vince? So we do our, our podcast where we do our preview podcast. By the way, we do one this this Friday, Queensland. 
Oh no, nah, Ralph. Nah. The, stri- the straight bark. It's it, like that's the next one. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Easy. That's all right. That's we should do have these chats before we start, should we? No, oh, good. <laughs> but what I was going to say was, every race is only run once. We can have models, we can have theories, we can do everything we like and work as hard as we possibly can, but it's only race run once. And sometimes you can look great, sometimes you can not look great. So two weeks ago when we did our podcast, you gave a big push for $10 chance Bell plus year. Yeah. And you, you, you couldn't have been happy with it, but you said, yeah, just hope Aaron Vorster gets the right run in transit. And it got, got that shuffle up on the field, back to back out of it and didn't run a place. How did yep. it go on Saturday, Vince? What, what I, I mean, I'm still trying to work out what the hell happened here, right? <laughs> Firstly, I understand Terry Tortani, right? But we got best of the day, 3.7. Well, hang on. So, sorry to interrupt, but I, I do want to include our listeners, our members' questions. So Darren's asked, keen here to hear Vince's take and data on Cherry Tortani Race 7, Morphville. Can't remember the last time I saw a horse idling up on the turn, destined to win by a margin. Did the sectional data say we can... Uh, be expected given a plus two, plus three based on qualifying runs. So he was expecting plus two, plus three as a setup. Well, the setup was there. Yep. That first section, we look at Belpasi minus 1.4, the golden position. Cherry Tortoni, 0.8 above. Still, okay, give or take a length, that's like exactly where you want to be. If you can be stalking that lead pack three lengths and be no further back than six, you are in the hot spot. And really, you only had two horses trying to highball at that sort of plus three, plus four range, and that was struck by. And then there was the move in the mid-race. It wasn't over-excessive in the mid-race. Like, it was very controlled, and that probably made a horse like, say, Cherry Tortani look good. Did it get to the front a little bit too quickly? It's possible because the horse was absolutely looked like it was idling up the front, but then the last four hundred—that's what blew me away—was the explosion of Belplacier going six point five above last four hundred. That was sensational. And Cherry Tortoni, when you look at that, the plus four point nine, Ralphie, that horse went to the outer edge of its capability from a four hundred meter sprint. If you look at its his- historical profile, you can see the fastest the, the horse has been able to deliver last 400s plus five on a much, much slower race shape. So they got everything out of the horse in the end. Okay, there is this scenario, 50-metre timing, but, I mean, I'm clutching at absolute crappy straws now, right? I mean, how can you be so perfect in your movement? And ultimately, Bell Placer has exploded. Best last yep. 200 metres of the day at the end of a mile, and it was a good pressure mile. Yeah. It, 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 this horse, that's no fluke, Ralphie. I knew this horse had a level of ability, but I just go, oh, you know, like wasn't totally 100% wrapped about what happened to it last start. But uh, this is hindsight, of course, Ralphie, right? Of course. That's why we do uh, it. Some flatness probably did come into play a little bit into that last run. And then they had to overextend through that first section because you have a look at that first up run at Oak Bank. Minus 2.3, Morpheville plus 2.1. Now we're back in that nice comfortable zone, travelling 1.4 below. And just that finish on, on good clean ground was just unbelievable. And this horse... Isn't going away. Well, this one, what I was going to ask you, you obviously clock them everywhere in New Zealand as well. I'm looking at its New Zealand profile. It's only been winning on wet tracks. We yep. often see mares, when, they, when they're good quality mares, they can keep improving at five. It's lightly raced, and really, it probably hasn't had a fair fight on a good track. It has here, and it's best of the day. Fantastic performance. Yeah. And this is a mare 
that you can 100% put down in, on in the books, Ralphie, is a genuine two lengths better horse than what it was in New Zealand. So partially that could be to do with the McAvoy team, yep. not knocking anybody from New Zealand. And the other half is we seeing what this horse is really capable of on dry ground when prepared with the beautiful setup. All right. Well, it looks like the uh, the McAvoy team are going to have a bit of fun when they load the float going up north. So <laughs> assuming this horse is going to go up there too with Frankie Peter, we've already mentioned. So be interested to see uh, what, what they can do up north because they've got a couple of real talents there on their on their radar. Speaking yes. of talent, extremely lucky. Another one from the podcast, Vince. You said this horse is going to explosive finish. Looking forward to yep. see what it can do. Whether it was Serides just cheating the race or not cheating, of course. Well, I mean, as far as brilliant Craig Williams front running ride off a slow tempo, last start twelve hundred back to a thousand and fifty. All right, it was a tight price, but Vince, is this an emerging star? Well, what we got to see was that one thing's for certain: the no pace. Well, when I say no pace, this horse is travelling seven point three lengths below. That's giving him all a fair head start. So obviously, there was a level of. Um, High confidence there, obviously, from a rider point of view, but the explosion in the middle, 15.1 length mid-race squeeze, biggest of the day. Now, I'm not I don't riding... see that in sprint races looking at your no, data. No, you don't. You, you absolutely don't, Ralphie. <laughs> and, and this sort of demonstrates the capability of this horse. And then the, the arrogance of being able to finish off last 400 plus 5.2, yeah, they, they, they can be beating their chest. This horse turned up with a plus 3.1 and when I sort of look at the numbers and say this horse could have been going minus four and probably still delivered the same type of performance maybe shaving a length off therefore just when I pin it on a graph line I'm marking this horse absolute low plus four high six seven wowzers yeah, All that's right. the capability. The, uh, hopefully people are looking at this horse very seriously from a Everest point of view um yeah and so the well as soon as you said that my first thing was mooney valley moyer the first group one of the uh first group one sprint of the melbourne spring carnival thousand meters at mooney valley well the Pace challenge, on. yeah the, the challenge always with mooney valley is this ralphie they're away got a, <laughs> well, you, you got you got a you got a, a 150 180 meter finish right yes and a lot of things have to go your way to be able to bring home this phenomenal burst of speed. Yes. So what we've seen is this horse with space on the track, high exertion coming around the bend and explosive up the straight, you know this horse has got phenomenal straight line speed. So get it on a track where there's 300 metres plus, Caulfield, Rose Hill, Ramwick, Flemington, Sandown if you want to call it, it's going to be its best. But of course, if I had the horse, I wouldn't say no to the Moyer either. (laughs) Well, the other thing is too. That's um, and I'm just talking. I oh know we don't talk weights, but I'm talking pure handicap ratings. I mean, you know, it's only a benchmark seventy two, so they can have a lot of fun working through the uh, working through the handicaps, as they say. What's its? Uh, I'm just looking at it, its uh, rating here. So it's rating. It's now only a sixty seven horse. So this horse could win eight races in a row pretty comfortably before it get, went to a Group One race. Well, so, who, wow. what was the, the last top horse Will Clarken had? Uh, oh, just don't trying know. to think just recently. Yeah. yeah. I think they've had a, well, he's had a couple of good sprinters, but I don't can't think of a group one sprinter. Well, I'm yeah. not sure if he really oh, knows. Oh, Rosser, I suppose. Oh, this is far superior Yep. There we go. Yeah. Make, make Bay Rosser look a little bit slow. 
<laughs> nice. Let's uh, let, let's tie in the extremely lucky form line with uh, with Serides in the last. So in the last race, Craig Williams, I mentioned that he just owned a very cheap lead and brilliant ride uh, last up, but this time at a faster pace and the horse just kept stepping up again. Yeah, good performance. You, you can't do anything more than just win. That first section was probably the big key, Ralphie, going 1.2 below, very controlled for this horse, and no one wanted to tackle, not because they, um, how can I put it, I, I don't know if they had the talent, right, yeah. to want to overextend themselves, but the reality is at that sort of speed, there, there was no one really wanting to sort of put pressure on, so let's make it a testing race. They were happy to allow this horse roll along, and then got to the mid-race, if you're giving this horse space, three, four lengths, or trying to peel five lengths back, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. And that's what happened, Ralphie. Solid mid-race. Overall, last 200 metres, I know the horse was, you know, had the race won at the 200-metre mark and entitled to have a bit of a softening. So I'd like to go to the numbers then and just look how how solid was the last 1,000. And to see got inside the top 10, I go, okay, respect to that, even though we're going to drop off at the end of... Uh, velocity drop-off was 3.7 lengths, Ralphie, but 1.4 below benchmark last 200. I'd say all of that was um, the horse didn't need to, to didn't need to you know keep extending. Well, round off our look at the South Australia, and uh, you know I mentioned they only run a race once, so this is my 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 bit of pain. Uh, a couple of weeks ago at Caulfield, I didn't like what it, what the race horses had done as far as race fit horses, and this this looked a good thing. This Maximilius had run faster time than Lincoln Square that also tried well. Got it wrong in the race. Got it completely wrong. Lincoln Square was really professional, led all the way. Error uh, was, looked like an idiot. Well, two weeks later, how did Maximilius go on Saturday? <laughs> yeah, another good performance, Ralph. Just below benchmark for the day. But that, oddly enough, 0.2 below. This sort of also sums up the scenario. Ranked 13 on the day. So knock it on the doorstep of the top 10 performances a day. That's not easy to do for a young horse, right? And most of these young horses that we've been seeing, Ralphie, they just can't even get close to benchmark, right? Yep. And he, at least what we've seen here, 1,200 metres, virtually benchmark, good solid days racing. I thought it was a solid performance. I love it when they show good tenacity through the first section, plus 1.2, not drop off in the mid. The horse actually extended itself and was entitled to weak and late. I've just, between the six and the four, the horse did lose some momentum, Ralphie. So I have no doubt this horse, when I sort of scrutinise its profile, overall I would have marked that probably a, a plus a half above benchmark. So one of a small number of horses that genuinely are above benchmark as two-year-olds. So if, you, if you're with the odds on extremely lucky, it was beaten by a very good performance. It was that simple. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Um, now, just to round off South Australia, what I want to say is if to our members, our loyal members, I am going to do the top five performances of this carnival and send it to you. So we don't do it covering the Sizzlers South Australia, but I will break this down and send the top five performances of the South Australian Racing Carnival because as, as you've heard from Vince, there's going to be plenty of winners going forward out of this. It was it it, uh, it came down to Saturday, but there were a couple of other good performances over the past month. So the top five will be sent to our loyal members. If you want to become a member, support the fact that we're corporate bookmaker ad free. People like complaining about corporate bookmaker ads, but we don't have any. We are completely free and member supported. You can go via my website, racetrackralphie.com. Click on the links via the right hand side of it. As little as five dollars a month, you can uh, you can uh, support our work. Rose Hill, Vince. I'll just ask you about one race, but uh, how heavy was that heavy? Oh, look, Ralphie, I, I don't know what's happening. Maybe their winter is, 
is when everybody else is having summer. That's the only thing I can say, right? And I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I love Sydney and I and I love Sydney racing, but when you start the day minus thirty, this is raw figures, thirty lengths below benchmark, and then you get to race five and it's thirty-seven lengths below benchmark. And then you get to race seven, it's 38 lengths below benchmark. And you say, okay, well, how about the last two races? Is you know, is that going to be the best ground? No. 30, last race was 30 lengths below benchmark. So what I'm saying to you is they need to – they seriously need to bring in, in Sydney and, and Queensland at least or as a national structure. Forget the heavy 10s. You've got to have heavy 11s and 12s because this was plus 12 heavy. <laughs> So, the feature race was the uh, Lord Mayor's Cup. Hopeful. Hawkesbury, this is from our Sizzlers. Once again, you get the best information from the Sizzlers and you get the IVR data report from Vince. So, you, it's a great opportunity there. Hopeful, one length second in race nine, 0.5 lengths above benchmark, ranked six in the day. French staying input, specced in the market for his first local run, and it was a ripper. Minus 5.5 for the 800. Solid full length move at 2.2. Then match the winner, Kerwin's Lane, who finished with minus 10.4. Solid wet track indicator of 6.3 and should be finding the winner's circle shortly. He was on top of your race speed profiles, Vince, and he got the money. Yeah, all good, wasn't it, Ralphie? Firstly, I love it. And I, there's no doubt that um, Annabelle Newsham, you know, who knows how much of a rock star she's going to be in another 10 years' time, right, if she sticks at her craft. But she obviously understood this horse very well. First up, nice setup on a very wet track, got 0.5 above, stepped straight up to the 2,000 metres. She was obviously very, very confident this is what the horse was looking for. Yes, we've got really wet ground, so you're not going to be having over-explosion through the first section. And you could see it, 18.8 lengths below benchmark first section. In the mid-race, the move was around seven. I love it, though, when a horse can keep improving over the last 400, regardless of that shape. And then you just look at that last 200 metres. It got inside the top 10 for the day. Now, I know it's just an even day at Rose Hill. It's no, like, stars, but this was a little signal. Even though the horse didn't break benchmark, we can see a stack more improvement coming over longer ground, and I have no doubt this horse must be going to Queensland. Someone to follow up there, as I said, we'll, um, your Vince does his, uh, his race speed profiles every week in Queensland, which is via daily sectionals, and we'll also do the Stradbroke as a podcast. Uh, Flemington, Vince, I've literally just opened it because uh, you finished it just before we started the podcast, and as per usual, when Liam O'Keefe gets a, gets a fair fight weather-wise, it looks like it's played absolutely beautifully. Yeah. Yeah, well, if you, I know they got it. They got the rules right. The rules are, <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. Right, anybody in the racing, what, what, what's this rule? The standard should be that a track should start G four. Really, a track should start whatever it is. Right, <laughs> shouldn't be, be manipulating. They might as well say like, well, I know they do manipulate the weather, right, and try and make it rain or whatever. But I mean, it should be what it is. And the fact is. This is how Flemington, I feel, races best when you're allowed to be genuine. And we were running on a, realistically, outside of that 600-metre point, Ralphie. Yep. You know, inside the 8 to the 600-metre mark, that track, 100% like Morphville, rubber stamp G3. But that section around near the 6 lost about two lengths. So that, was, that, yeah. that was probably, that was the only part of the track that stayed G4. Well, uh- when you go to a restaurant, they say, what would you like? I say, whatever the chef thinks is good because he's the expert. Well, what about we just let the curators decide how they should present the track? 
Yeah, and, and this is Liam at his best, right? Absolutely. Absolutely at his best. That's what I consider to be. If a curator could turn up and bring a track very similar to this week in, week out, from a, a punter's perspective, we would just be smiling all the time. Of course, you know, not if you're living in Sydney or Queensland. No, <laughs> that's right. Um, quick members question from Troy. We ask our members every Sunday if they'd like to ask Vince a question. From Troy, morning, Ralphie. Congratulations on finding Pesto at a good price. Well, I was happy with that one, Vince. That was, that was a nice, nice odds there. Look to strong wind. Does he have any numbers to potentially look at better races or was it a pretty poor winter staying race? Also, ease the pain caused by the vomit-inducing <laughs> cherry tortoni result. So who's unlucky there? I'll tell you what, the most unlucky runner was it's our time, but we won't worry about the unluckiness. We'll just worry about the figures. Firstly, Vince, uh, what can we see with Pesto, who finally got a dry track? That was the theme of the meeting. A lot of Sydney horses getting away from uh, from from wet ground, also from the Sandown uh, wet track, and th- they produced. Well, yeah, that's that's a good point that you make there, because hopefully we'll come up to the other race where it was like you could see the huge reversal in, in track condition, and probably a few people got caught on the hop there in terms of performances. And, well, Pesto... When I, when I break down this horse's profile, Ralphie, first section, 4.6 lengths below benchmark, nice and cruisy. If I look at that against its profile, this horse's arm is, is around that pace, probably on the high ends, around the plus one range. But for this particular situation and the setup, being fourth up, beautiful. The mid-race move was very good as well, not overextending. Uh, when I say not overextending, it was almost seven lengths mid-race squeeze, 2.4 above benchmark. Love the fact that the horse did have that slowdown, Ralphie. When I say love it, I'm looking for improvement, right? Yeah. From 2.5 above between the 8 and the 6, all the way down to minus 1.4 to the 200-meter mark. So that's that's an overall virtually four-length loss. And then had a rebound last 200 with a plus 1.4. One thing this horse has, and we didn't get to see it here, Ralphie, because if that horse didn't have suffer that slowdown, this horse could have won by an extra three. Yes. And all of a sudden, been a benchmark performance and everyone's getting very excited. So I'm sure the Hawks camps know they've got a very good horse and we haven't seen the best of it yet. So first three runs this time in raw on very wet Sydney ground, yep. and it, it's, uh, it's delivered here. It's a well, it's an import and it's lightly raced with the with the uh, the super stable. So before we get to the Rockstar Vince, what was the other one you wanted to mention? I assume you'd say uh, Welsh Legend that you're oh, yeah. race speed profile. Well, I mean, is that – good on you, Walla, right? <laughs> Understood his horse's profile. Give me some clean ground. Yes. Because the horse was really ready to burst at the seams. Got onto this clean ground and the market forgot about it. And there it was at really juicy odds. And I look at the performance. Actually, the performance was strong, Ralphie, because when you look at – example, like against Pesto, you have a look at the, the – the comparison, first section, 3.8 below benchmark. But that extension in the mid-race, you're entitled to tank out badly, right? Horse also suffered a bit of a slowdown between the four and the two and been, was able to rebound very, very late. And what that de- confirmed to me, the 1.6, was, <laughs> I can't believe it, right? Six best of the day just tells you how strong the day was. Not really, yeah. right? That you know that hopefully, Ralphie, that um, there'll be some really nice, sharp communication around this horse on... Sizzlers and look out. No the source has come back to its best. Well, I mean, I articulated that. And when you say the market left alone, actually, yeah, I was worried pre-race because it kept it on side. There were a couple that drifted out. But what I wanted to – what I've – 
generally done over the last six months is made it nice and easy. I almost treat Craig Newitt's rides as scratchings, and and that's because yeah. he's been terribly out of form. Vince, what's happened the last two weeks? Triple Missile was one of the uh, – David Oliver would have been proud of the, his ride on Triple Missile, and then on Sunday, same again on, on Welsh Legend. All of a sudden, he's found form. Well, this is the thing. He had started coming to form, so that yes. was a big plus sign. Yep. For, and if he was still in his sad state, Unfortunately, you know, at best you can only put a sprinkle on him, really, you know, like super speculatively because he's a challenging rider to have your money on, right? Yep. But he had started to deliver form. He had his eye in and said, okay, well, you're in form. The opportunity's there. This is, uh, I'm not going to say the word mediocrity, but it's not too far from that, right? Yep. The field. And I said to myself, really, the only other key runner was Cooleth. He just couldn't go to the rest, so he was going to get a chance. And he still he still made some errors, Ralphie, right in the race, if you look at it carefully, right? <laughs> well, if you're on call, not enough errors. <laughs> no. <laughs> so look out. So hopefully if this horse goes to another place in Australia, Froggy probably won't be following it. We um we we put the nice stamp and it was obvious and I'm not saying that we found we found a nugget that people missed of course but uh, we put the nice stamp on Star Patrol on our last podcast after its uh, Anzac Day performance which was on a Monday and then when it came through Vince we said hang on what's going on here this horse four lengths above benchmark so we wanted to see it repeat and just see how exciting this horse was. On Saturday, over 1,100 metres, looked a fast speed. Our back action took it up to him in t- typical Peter Moody style. You don't back away from a fight. <laughs> you take it up to uh, up to the opposition once he delivered. Well, he's turned up and run plus 3.9, so he's virtually matched what was produced the start before plus four, so really franking the performance. And then I look at the similarities. That first section was virtually the same, uh, 0.8 versus 1.3, slightly softer, but what couldn't be denied, and this is also why, because I was looking at the tape of that mid-race move going plus 5.3, that's high exertion, Ralphie. Yep. It's really asking for an effort. If you compare this horse as what it did last start, it was four lengths more. And then I look at the last 400 metres, 0.8 above versus 2.4. The last 200 metres, sometimes when I see that figure it was 0.6 below benchmark and just the way the horse finished off the race you you say to yourself is there any more left this campaign yep but then i look at the numbers and say well you you did overextend in the mid it's the first time you've ever been asked for this sort of pressure in the mid race and you are entitled to weak and late and therefore probably got a sort of dumbed down from my perspective that that taper at the end was to do with the mid race exertion and not the horse coming to the end of the campaign well, there's every chance they might spell it and then target the uh, the black type, the, the good stakes racing uh, ne- next spring. So it's a very exciting horse because in, in and this is something that I think has stood absolutely the pe- test of time. Vince, a, a huge spike run is something you just got to just put that little asterisk to till I do it again. Well, he's done it again, so that's fantastic. Oh, he has. He's he's done it, and he's and we've got to remember he's done it again, and he's he's come back a hundred meters as well. I know he's had the twenty six days, but still, never easy thing to do because you lose velocity, Ralphie. You don't have the same speed in your legs in terms of freshness, and that does impact you. So to be able to have that type of movement in the mid race, obviously, good job to the stable as well. 
All right, we're late in autumn, but it was terrific to be able to talk about some really talented horses today that uh, took place in uh, in the three states, and uh, hopefully uh, Queensland get a little bit of luck with their weather this Saturday. All my work via racetrackralphie.com.au or vincecardis via dailysexuals.com.au. We appreciate the support of our loyal members too.